and you tried a couple of others, and then through further study of the big board, they'll see it, they'll see it, they'll see the big board, as George C. Scott panicked and said in Strange Love. You looked at the board, you kept studying the board, and I think you figured it out. Now, why the board was not in its in the proper position, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a mystery in itself. Oh, we blame power surges for that. We oh. had a couple of them. So, actually, before you got in here and mm-hmm. I noticed this, I hadn't looked at the board yet. Every light on the board was on. <laughs> looked like a Christmas tree. Right. <laughs> and now, that's not normally how it should look. Mm-hmm. So, I had to go through and press a bunch of buttons, and I forget forgot the top row. Oh, the top row, the key row of all, but it's almost hidden underneath this panel. I so, know. you did it. We, good work. we figured it out. We were, <laughs> we're both good. beginning to panic just a little bit because we have a busy show. We hope that some of you who may have said, oh, the guys are having some issues on the air. I hope you've come back to us now and will participate in this busy show and maybe even right from the start. I know you've got to get something off the printer as a result of the delay and in, in getting the show rolling. But it is a busy show, and as it ought to be, following an amazing weekend. And we look forward to hearing from you about your experience of the baseball weekend, the sweep of Oregon, the histrionics at the end of a, an amazing game on Pat Casey Jersey Recognition Day. I think Jacob Melton said it would have been sacrilegious. It was the word he used to lose on Pat Casey Day at the ballpark, and they didn't. The Beavers won. They completed regular season sweep of Oregon with five impressive victories against a good club. That's a good team. We'll talk to Aaron Fitt about how good the Beavers are, how good Oregon is, how impressive the five-game sweep was. Aaron Fitt will join us at 12.05, the D1Baseball.com guru whose Fitt's bits a must-read. We hope that you're a D1.com, a D1Baseball.com subscriber. It's an excellent site, and the authority on college baseball and Aaron Fitt, one of the premier writers, uh, journalists for college baseball and spent the entire series this weekend in either in the press box or in the stands and had some wonderful photographs that he tweeted, including a classic of Ryan Brown on Saturday night, telling Jacob Walsh to get out of there, to get off the field in one of the more enticing, exciting, intriguing moments we've had in 2022 and in the rivalry series overall. It's a good rivalry. Uh, Watching the the big crowds come in this weekend, record crowds for three days, setting a record for the most fans ever over a three-game series, and a single-game record of 4,026 for Pat Casey Day on Saturday. It was an honor to get to be there and be part of the, the atmosphere and get to call those games And they all had compelling moments in them. The busy show today means that there aren't a lot of open phone opportunities. We'll take a little bit. uh, We'll go out of the baseball lane a bit at 1130, only because it's the best time to visit with a student athlete at Oregon State who's getting ready for the Pac-12 championships this weekend down at Hayward Field. 800-1500 runner Mari Friedman out of Santa Cruz, California. Mari will join us a little after 11.30, and then we'll kind of get on the baseball track with some special guests, including Aaron Fitt, Bill Rao, who called the games over the weekend on the Pac-12 Network with Rich Burke. I spoke with Bill yesterday, 
and all weekend, a little bit before uh, each ball game. But Philly will have some thoughts about Jacob Melton and the phenomenon that he's become, the quality hitter that he's become, and what it is Jacob is doing now. Bill broke that down, I'm sure, during the broadcast with Rich, which I was not able to see. I, I haven't. I've recorded a couple of the ball games. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch them. But I'm looking forward to hearing on the air, in the moment, the analysis that Rich and that Bill offered in working with Rich, Rich doing the play-by-play and an outstanding job that he does, and Billy Rao. Uh, Rich told me that of all the analysts he works with, and he's worked with a lot, he said Bill is his favorite or among just so easy to work with and insightful and, and comfortable on the air. Bill Rao, who helped lead the Beavers to the 2006 National Championship, will have thoughts about Pat Casey. But we'll get we'll pick his brain a little bit. He's an instructor now. He's teaching young kids the game of baseball uh, down in Ashland. He's got a group of uh, kids, in fact, today that he's meeting with. And, in fact, he'll be working all day long. He says it's an off day in the Ashland School District, so he's got a lot of kids and youngsters that he's working with today. We'll hear a little bit about that, but I'm really looking forward to hearing his analysis of what is making Jacob Melton such a good hitter and why and how. And he has a breakdown of that that he'll share with us uh, in the noon hour around 1230, Aaron Fed at 12.05. Now, speaking of baseball and young people, we are uh, also going to work in a conversation with Eric Daisy from Corvallis High School. He's a former head coach there, assisting a guy that he coached, former major leaguer, Kevin Gregg, who we had on the show a few weeks back. Kevin Gregg's jersey is being retired tonight at Corvallis High School. Kevin wore number 36 as he was beginning to rise in the game and become a major league pitcher of note. A tremendous talent, great career for Kevin. Now coming back to his hometown and giving back to the youngsters at CHS, his own son is on the team. Eric Daisy, one of the finest people I've had the pleasure of meeting in this community in the 23 years or so I've been blessed. We've been blessed to live here. An educator, teacher, coach, uh, was a tremendous uh, teacher and help to my daughter, Elle, at Corvallis High School in uh, what Elle would say. And, and you know, there were some challenging times going on for her, and Eric Daisy was as, as good of an educator and teacher as we've been around in terms of being patient and helping uh, concepts to be understood and work through some difficult times. Uh, Eric Daisy's one of the best I've been around, and he will join us to talk about Kevin Gregg's retirement, uh, Jersey retirement ceremony at Corvallis High School tonight. They've got a ball game at 7. I hope the weather indeed permits. The weather itself was a wild, wild ride, wasn't it? Did you experience yeah. it? If you have... Any thoughts about just the the weekend in general? Now would be a good time to jump in. If you have anything, the lines are open, the text lines open, and we'd love to hear from you out of the gate. We'll have some other open phone opportunities later, but they will be sporadic and shorter in nature than usual. So if there's anything you'd like to share right from the start, the Casey ceremonial, seeing Pat, hearing Pat on TV, on the radio, anything that occurred to you about the weekend, the games themselves, the histrionics at the end with Ryan Brown telling Jacob Walsh to go sit down. Were you? Were any of you close enough to kind of hear what was going on? 
Aaron Fitt captured a, a great image of Ryan pointing, like, get out of here, go sit down, whatever it was exactly that he said, I don't know. But in a moment like that, you only see because the hitter's eyes are facing the other way. In, mo in a moment like that, you see Brown and you think, well, some of you might even think, well, that's a little too much bravado. We don't do that here. That's not who we are. That's not our style. And it was unusual. I haven't seen a Beaver player over the years engage quite like that. I really haven't. But in talking with many the next day, I walked away thinking, eh, if you're ever going to, that was a, a moment in time that I think Mitch and Ryan Gibson and Rich Dorman and teammates of Ryan's were all saying, hey, <laughs> it was n it, 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 not, not required, not you got to engage like that. But if ever anybody on, in a Beaver uniform was going to, that was the time, and everybody seemed good with it. In fact, even fired up about it. And I don't know how you as a fan view moments like that, but it was entertaining, and it was in keeping with the spirit of the rivalry and that ball game itself. So if you have any thoughts you'd like to share on that matter, on the games themselves, the weather dodge throughout the weekend, seeing Pat Casey back, seeing the tributes on the video board, anything that occurs to you you'd like to share, let's do it at 497 5356 497-5356. Mike Parker with TJ Matthewson. John will be back tomorrow and for the rest of the week. We've got some guests coming up soon, but let's talk about the weekend or anything else that might be on your mind. And start with Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Paul, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, Mike, yeah, it was quite a weekend. Hey, let me ask you about the Dernitti scoring from second. Did that remind you of another play in the summer and the nights? Well, uh, I, I couldn't. It, it clearly didn't come to me, Paul, in the moment. Did Bazana do that from second? I can't. Or Nick Madrigal? I can't remember, but I think I have seen it. That's why I said I. I, I didn't say I've never seen that before. I knew that I'd seen it somewhere, but I couldn't quite recall. Do you? Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a sack fly, but it was a bunt. He scored on a bunt from second base when the catcher and the and the pitcher were standing on the third base line, just looking towards the outfield, and he just ran right past him, and nobody was covering home. He being Bazana, correct? Bazana, yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a bunt right at the third base line, and he just stood there with holding the ball, and he just ran right past him and scored from second on a bunt. Thank you for reminding me of that. I knew I'd seen something along those lines before. I didn't know it was a bunt, but that was a spectacular play by Dernetti and Gibson to say, hey, man, we're going here. We're going. Yep, yep, and uh, especially because uh, from his knees, the right fielder couldn't get much on the ball, so the relay throw had to come from uh, mm -hmm. a shallow center field, you know, quite a, quite a, quite a ways out from the infield. So uh, it was a... You know, the second baseman doesn't usually have that good an arm, you right, know, right. To, to throw a strike to the to the catcher. And the, and the throw was like, I don't know, six or seven yards at the third base line. So, yeah, it was it was a definitely the percentages were high that he was going to score on that play. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's not it's not the same as the catch in 1954. But when the greatest who's ever played the game made the incredible catch at the polo grounds running 75 yards to chase the ball down, catch it over his shoulder. The best part about that play wasn't the cat. Willie himself, who just turned 91 on May 6th, Willie himself said the thing he's proudest about. He said, I knew I was going to catch the ball. 
because I had forever to run, and I was going to outrun the ball and get there and get to it. The catch itself was spectacular. But Larry Doby was at second, and Willie was able to uh, pivot and fire a strike back in and keep Doby from scoring from second base, which, you know, almost any other player, even if you catch the ball, a guy that deep at the polo grounds would have been able to tag up from second and score. But Willie caught the ball and immediately fired back in, and Doby had to hold it third, and the Giants went on to win that game and the series because of that catch and that play. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some great ones around. But, yeah, Mike, it was really a great weekend. Uh, and it was I didn't get there to see the, the, the Pat Casey thing, but he came – walking past uh, down the concourse there where I was sitting and said hi and everything. So it was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see Pat there and a the big smile on his face as he went up to his corner, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, and he was relaxed and having a good time on Saturday. I think oh, he man. was really soaking yeah. it in with his family and appreciating it. It was really a, a sweet time at the ballpark for him. Yeah. He had nothing on his mind, but just watching baseball and just having you know, he, he, this is something that he hasn't got to do his whole life is to just be, in a, be a fan in the stands, you know what I mean? And right. he, was, he was really relaxed. It was great to see, Paul. Thanks for that. Thanks for the reminder. I knew I'd seen something special from second, and it was Bazana on a bunt last summer with the Knights. Good to hear from you. Let's go up north uh, to Dave from Tumwater. Dave, I didn't see you at all this weekend. Were you down here? Were you there for the Saturday ceremonial or not? No, I was only there yesterday, Mike, okay. uh, Friday night. I uh, uh, didn't miss the weather. I was uh, watching at home listening to your broadcast, of course, and uh, I had a moment of panic at 11 o'clock because the stream on KEJO timed out automatically, and I had to scamper to get uh, the feed off of the tune-in app, and I was listening in bed with my earbuds and listening anxiously, yeah. but I fell asleep quickly after the lead went to 5-1. to one. The next thing I knew, it was a quarter after 12, and you were sliding off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that interview you had with Pat was interesting on Saturday. I listened to that as well, and I loved his talk. The most, the most pointed line, I thought, is when he said, if there was capacity for 6,000, there'd be 6,000 here. And I just love that. That's exactly the mindset uh, the pro- the program needs to bring to it. I was the only thing I missed yesterday was I was just hoping to see Benny with a broom on the duck- <laughs> dugout like he did after what was the 2014. I I yeah. can't remember exactly when that was, but I didn't see Benny in the stands. That would have been something. But lastly, Mike, I just want to call attention to the fact that the University of Washington, Lindsey Meggs, has come back from the dead almost. Yes. They're tied for the last place in the conference tournament. They did well against Stanford. Uh, they uh, they swept UCLA. We might have caught them at a good time. I actually hope they make the tournament. I know you need to be careful what you wish for because they'd be the eighth seed. Oregon State would likely be the first. But of the four guys with me, my buddies from the state of Washington, it would be so much more interesting going to that tournament if, as it were, the home state, one of the home state teams was in the tournament, so at least I could root against them as forcefully as I might. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was, it was a great weekend. And Mike, just lastly, you probably don't have time today. Maybe John can look it up tomorrow. You know what a fan I am of great sports broadcasting calls. 
and the call of the Kentucky Derby on Saturday is just an epic. I don't know if TJ can bring that up. Today might not fit in, but it is one of the great calls in sports history. Just wanted to get that uh, editorial comment in. Thanks. It was wonderful listening to your calls Friday and Saturday. I'll look, listen to the rest of the show eagerly. Dave, thank you. And, and you know how much we've all – Lindsey Meggs is one of our heroes now, and we've always thought that <laughs> way of Coach Meggs. So we appreciate you uh, reminding us of, of that. And that's what a great weekend for the Beavers thus all the way around, to sweep Oregon, to get a sweep from UCLA, create some distance here coming down the stretch. It was a wonderful weekend. And the thing, too, Dave, you touched on with Pat, Pat talked about if there were 6,000, there'd be 6,000. But, you know, ever ever the coach, ever the motivator, ever the, the guy trying to rally people and inspire people, his final word on the air when I said, hey, what do you got to say to Beaver Nation? It kind of blew through a commercial break to do that, but we needed to. It was, hey, let's get this stadium going. Let's get it expanded. Come on, let's do it. He's always has always been building with a visionary eye, hasn't he? It was a great way, I thought, for that conversation that I was blessed to have with him to end on that note. Absolutely. And, and, and college sports, for better or for worse, Mike, if you're not building, you're falling behind. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with him wholeheartedly. You know, the players' needs in the batting cage and other things, Coach Cannon were talking about, that's important, but you can't lose sight of the fan element. And Pat himself said, this is my, I've offered some anecdotal testimony along these lines as well. Golf has the best atmosphere uh, in the conference. It helps the team, and that is a fan function, ultimately. Yes, it is. And we'll talk to Aaron Fitt, get his observations from a national objective perspective coming in and spending the weekend here. Uh, We'll get his thoughts at 12.05 from D1Baseball.com. Dave, always great to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Doug before we break, and we'll... Uh, shift a little bit for a few minutes with Mari Friedman out of Santa Cruz coming up in the Pac-12 championships for Louis Quintana's excellent program, and that's coming up in a few minutes. Doug, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, good morning, Mike. So as a guy who lives behind enemy lines to the south in Lane County, um, I was able to get to every inning of all five games. Wow. And uh, what a blessing. And um, the weather notwithstanding, especially this past weekend, I'm just so happy. And uh, going back to Pat a little bit, I remember when Mitch was hired, and there was some second-guessing, at least the people I run with and talk to. But what I said was, you know that Pat was intimately involved in that decision. Mm -hmm. And I trust in Pat. And guess what? We are number one in one of the polls today. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, that 5-9 and nine 2020 season that's difficult to gauge much about, but I, I'm sure that there some of the people that you're talking about in the circles you run in, and I heard some things, too, about, hey, we need somebody with more experience or whatever else. You know, you got people on the staff who, who might be, you know, readier, so to speak, for the opportunity but no one in his heart, soul, and preparation, his whole life, Mitch's life, in a sense, has been built to be ready for this opportunity. And, and his stamp is all over this program. And Coach Casey's is, too. And Nate's and Pat Bailey and all the other people that have been involved in the program, Dan Spencer, uh, the people that we had a chance to see, everybody's contributed to where the Beavers are now and have been 
through this century, but Mitch is as as big a part of it as anybody in terms of his leadership on the field for those teams in 05, 06, 07. And, yeah, he's he clearly is the right guy, and you're right about Pat knowing that and understanding that, as Jack Riley knew that Pat was the right guy to succeed him back after the 94 season. Well, and, two, I mean, results, right? So you say he got us here in three years, but really, as you alluded to, you can toss out a couple of those years uh, thanks to COVID and what did that do to recruiting for everybody else. But apparently it, it must have worked out pretty well for us because of where we are and what we've achieved. So great calls by you, um, and the interviews on Saturday were wonderful, and Jonathan as well. So, yes, yeah, um, he was great. I'm so glad Jonathan came up. That's the first time this year he's come up, but he wanted to to kind of – I I didn't know it was going to quite work out the way it did, but to kind of prepare the way, set the table – for Pat and Jonathan's reminiscences about where he was as a student athlete, redshirt freshman in those early years and seeing the growth. Uh, and he himself is part of something now too, that I think is going to be pretty special in football and the facility getting completed under his watch. It's all good. It's good stuff, Doug, a great weekend, a great time to be a beaver. No doubt. Well, and for the people who don't know, Jonathan comes to a lot of baseball. Games. Oh yeah. I see him there a lot. So He's a great supporter. Uh, yeah, it's good times for sure. Thanks, Doug. Great to hear from you. We're going to take a break and come back. Mari Friedman, senior distance runner for Louis Quintana with the Pac-12 Outdoor Championships coming up at Hayward Field this weekend. She's had a good year. She'll join us. It's the first time I think we've had Mari on the Joe Beaver Show. Aaron Fitt, Bill Rao still to come. Andy Peterson tomorrow. We hope to get Eric Daisy on a little bit later, too. So, we will get to some texts along the way and maybe some open phone opportunities as you reflect on an amazing weekend uh, at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. On the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. If you're an experienced modeler or maybe you're just starting out, Trump's Hobbies is there to help. Trump's carries the latest in RC cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, model trains, fantasy games, paints, parts, and supplies. Trump's is an old-fashioned hobby shop that's been around answering questions and fixing problems since 1972. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. They thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and look forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Browse through their large showroom with a beautiful selection of carpet, countertops, sheet vinyl, linoleum, tile, hard surface floors, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. 
Chase Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come see Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years experience in the industry and save today with Dave's $60 off tire special. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Mike Parker with T.J. Mathewson. Great to have you with us on the Joe Beaver Show. Aaron Fitt from D1Baseball.com, Billy Rao, and Eric Daisy. A big baseball hour coming up. And Eric, is a he listens, I think he told me he listened to every inning of every game over the weekend and is all in on the Beavs and the sweep of the University of Oregon, not only in the conference series, but in all five games, a grand achievement because that's a good ball club. They're good. They're really good. They've stumbled a little bit here of late. We saw in that Saturday game what a tough out they are. Exciting times. And we'll talk more about it with those special guests and open phones and texts. And Tuesday and Wednesday, John and I will be together here before I head off to Tucson and the series in the Sonoran Desert at High Corbett Field, where TJ was showing me his phone yesterday, where it's 92, 93 degrees. It'll be a little bit of a change. Hope, uh, Miss the warm. <laughs> hope that we can adjust somehow, some way. Mari Friedman is a senior distance runner for the Beavers from Santa Cruz, getting ready for the Pac-12 Outdoor Championships at Hayward Field in Eugene this weekend. 800, 4 by 400, 1500. Mari joins us on the Joe Beaver Show to talk about the season so far, what's ahead this weekend. Mari, I believe it's the first time we've had you on the Joe Beaver Show, so it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for taking time for us. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Mari, I want to get to, to this weekend in a moment, but Santa Cruz and you become a beaver. Tell us a little bit about your journey here, how it came about. Um, yeah, I actually came here mostly because I really wanted to run um, for Louis Quintana, our coach. Um, yeah, we had some really good conversations beforehand, and um, really glad I came here. It's been incredible just not only Louie, but like the team and the team culture and environment that I get to train in here has been better than I could have ever hoped for. Mari Friedman joining us. Mari, I've been to Santa Cruz several times in my life. Used to live in San Jose. We'd make the trip. I was there most recently in 2011, I think, when the Beavers played a football awesome. game at Cal. I like it. I like the boardwalk. It's a fun place down there. It's also... Uh, it, 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 You've trained in weather, I would imagine, that it, while Santa Cruz is beautiful and warmer than here, you get some kind of rough weather to run in and train in. So was the adjustment not that difficult as a result when you came here? 
Um, I would say the weather in Santa Cruz is, is pretty superb. I don't know. This, this, this rainy spring is getting to me, but, um, <laughs> no, I, I think there's, there's definitely some adjustment. Uh, I was definitely spoiled in Santa Cruz with the, with the nice weather sure. and it hasn't, it hasn't been bad here. I've learned to love the rain. Um, and all that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> now you did say you've learned to love it, but you did say, has it been getting, has it, how has it become for you in the training? Is it almost more psychological than physical in terms of kind of, Hey, let's do something else now. I mean, how are you handling that as you get ready for the Pac-12 championships? Yeah, there's been a lot of rainy runs, rainy workouts, Gary, and I think it is more mental. Like when you wake up in the morning and the sky's gray and it's rainy, it's like a little bit, you know, a little bit harder to get out, harder to get out there and get moving, and like it, it does put damp on it. So staying positive through all of that, and we we get lucky that the Pac-12 is actually in Oregon. So I think the the way that we've been coping with it is. You know, it could be raining on the day of our conference meet, and we're going to be the most prepared because we're in it every day. Like, we're getting ready for those tough conditions. So I'm actually hoping for rain this weekend because uh, then it will make all these rainy days worth it. Absolutely. Good for you. That's a good attitude to have, and you'll probably have your wish come true uh, <laughs> the way it's been going in April and May. Mari Friedman joining us mm-hmm. on the Joe Beaver Show. What are you competing in this weekend, Mari? I'm competing in the 1500 and the 4x4. Okay. Not the 800. Not the 800, okay. yeah. Um, I was kind of torn between deciding between the two, and it looked like the 15, I've been trending a little bit better in that event and ranked a little higher in our conference. Um, so we thought it would be the best, best move to um, try to score in that event. And how do you – the two events, they're – the distance is clearly obvious in terms of what is the difference between the two, but your own preparation for it, mindset, the way you have to attack a, a 15 compared to an eight, how does that work for you? Um, yeah, I think that there is definitely is a little bit of a different mindset. I think I do the best in both when I like think less about it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I have more time to like, get in my head and overthink it and I feel like that is when I do worse versus just going into it with the mindset of like of whatever happens I'll roll with it and yeah be ready to kick at the end I think it's the main mindset I go in with both of them um I feel like I've been training more for the eight it's the event that I prefer the best and because of that I put a little bit more pressure in my head on it and so I think that's why I've been racing better in the 15 mm-hmm. because I've just put less pressure and like on that event for me to performance when I go and I can run more free and um, be able to do what I'm capable of. That's an interesting answer, Mari. I appreciate you sharing it that way. Mari Friedman joining us, getting ready for the four by four and the 1500 coming up this weekend at the PAC 12 championships at Hayward in that, you know, I read a story the other day, we lost a, a legendary track runner, sports illustrated writer about track and field, Kenny Moore from the university of Oregon who competed in the 1964, uh, 1968 or 72 Olympics, I think 72, and maybe didn't make the 68 team. But anyway, he he talked a lot about strategy in a race and and how Bill Bowerman would help and guide him through even during a race in that internal sort of I can you can hear your coach saying okay now or uh, hold not yet or now. Do you have an internal clock? Is Louie during a race kind of giving you any sort of uh, 
pointers, guidance along the way. How do you guys execute a race with he as the coach and you as a runner? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely do. It, it definitely varies by athlete. And I think for me, I haven't really had a problem like going out and putting myself in it from the get-go. I feel like my problem has been running overrunning in the beginning of the race and then not having it at the end. Um, so the theme of this season I've noticed from my coaches and what we've been working on is just working on really closing over the last 150. Because you can go and have an incredible race, but if you don't have it in the last 150, like that's where all the, the good people are blowing by. So just making sure there's a move left and being able to run well over the last 150 is like where I can make the most improvement and what I've been like focusing on this Ma- season. Mari, can you tell when you begin for that last 150, you go to it and it isn't? there quite like you'd hoped i mean is there a common denominator that you've learned from how you attack the 15 to to uh you know to kind of know what you have to do to get that last 150 kick or does it just vary you go to it there one time and it's not quite there another time you haven't felt that good maybe sluggish but when you go to it it's there are there some common denominators in when it's there so to speak yeah, I think there is. I think it's a, like, if I'm straining for it and, like, yeah, if, I, if I'm straining for it and, like, want it almost too badly, I'll, I'll get in my own way that way and, like, not have it. Um, and, then, and then it is mental of, like, constantly believing you have it leading up to it and all the way through it. Because if you're in it and there's a girl ahead of you and you're telling yourself, oh, she's going to take off, I'm not going to pass her, I'm not going to catch her, then that's, you're probably creating your own destiny right there. But if you're like, even though there's someone ahead of you and whatever it is, and you're tired, if you keep telling yourself, I can win it, I can win it, like I can pass it, even though like you're getting close and close to the end, then then you'll like, I notice I, I stay more in it. And like, so it's like being able to be mentally engaged and believing in myself, even when, I'm tired and exhausted and sluggish because that, that's always, you know, that's always going to be there. So, yeah, it, it's a mix of, of yeah. like staying relaxed through the whole thing and, mm-hmm. and believing. Good for you. Thanks, Mari, for sharing that, too. Mari Friedman mm-hmm. with us for a few more minutes, getting ready for the Pac-12 championships at Hayward in Eugene, where the weather and the circumstances and so on will be familiar. Do you like running there? Do you like that track? I do. Yeah, we've had the opportunity to go up quite a bit this season. I think in, in prep, it, it's like one of the best tracks in the world. Like they're hosting the world this mm-hmm. year. Um, so it is a pretty spectacular. And I think one word that I would use to describe it is overwhelming. Um, and so the first few times I've raced there, it's almost like it's almost too much. Like mm-hmm. just too much nerves and like. Yeah, it's, it's so easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself in that environment with the huge stands and they take you into a room beforehand and it's definitely pretty nerve-wracking. But because you've done it so many times, it's, we're able to like to make it feel a little bit more normal. And so we can, uh, yeah, hopefully I can be a little less nervous for it um, and, yeah, then be able to do everything I want to get, get, do everything I want to accomplish without, the nerve-wrackingness of being in that stadium Mari, what, my way and only letting that, like, help me. Yeah, good for you to have had those experiences. And, and we've talked to some of your teammates who've talked about just the first time going in there. It's kind of a wow factor, and it's pretty awesome. And you look around. 
but you you've had enough experience where you still appreciate the atmosphere, but you can just go do your thing and not be overwhelmed by the surroundings. That's a good thing to know. Who are you running with exactly. in the in the four by four hundred? What leg do you have? Who else is on the team? Um, we have uh, Paige and Adele and Jada, and yeah, I'm definitely really excited. I'm not sure the order. Okay. Um, I typically anchor, but we'll see if it gets switched up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Last time we ran together, we were about a half a second off the school record, and I think all of us have a lot in more than us. Like, I think it's probably going to be a, a school record shattering event. So nice. I'm really excited to total line with the ladies. Nice. That is really cool. Really excited about you and the opportunity you have ahead. Uh, Mari, before we let you go, you know, talking about your journey here and, and Coach Quintana and coming to this program, how has your academic world gone? You're now a senior. I mean, are you have you already graduated with a COVID year? I mean, where are you at academically? Have you maintained a math major? What are your plans? Uh, yeah, I'm still a math major. I have I'm in my last quarter of math, and I'm taking a fifth year next year so I could use my COVID eligibility. I'm not graduating. I just decided to add some minors to continue competing. So um, now I have a minor in leadership and a minor in sustainability. Um, yeah, and so I'll be graduating next year. And competing again then, still running. I mean, you're looking yeah, forward to that too. Good, good. Well, you know, that I'm glad to hear that. I just wonder, I mean, you, all of you, all of the student athletes in this time period have gone through something that no one really ever else has in the history of collegiate athletics. Uh, in terms of being shut down completely and trying to recalibrate and all of that. how What's the experience been like? And you talk about, we say the COVID year, been a couple of years. Uh, it's it's It feels like we're moving into a more sort of normal path and world now. But how has the whole experience been for you from the, from the time uh, over two years ago when your season was shut down and, and how you adjusted to it all, do you feel like you're fully back on track, quote-unquote, normal now? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I was just talking to my, my roommate, Grace, about this yesterday. And, yeah, I think it's definitely been like a learning experience for all of us, um, everyone, including student-athletes. And I think it's made us all more adaptable. Like, we've been through this experience where our entire like day-to-day routines and like we're completely uprooted and changed and we've gotten to the point where now it's coming back to normal and like I think we will be more ready if something like this were to happen again and like are able to adapt to change better than um yeah than maybe previous generations no input yeah all of the zoom online learning no input I mean (laughs) I mean, you've been through so many odd and, and challenging and things that you've had to yeah. adapt to. It's been amazing, hasn't Not the it? college experience I was anticipating. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad. Maybe next year will be the full, you know, the full experiences. You've added these minors and, and can do you plan on teaching? I mean, math as a subject and a major, do you have something, a vision beyond when you graduate Oregon State? Uh, yeah, actually. I'm not sure if I really want to go into math, but my, my dream job is to be a firefighter. Oh, really? Um, probably in the Bay Area. Wouldn't mind working for a family. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Well, we'll follow you, Mari, this weekend and beyond. Glad to know you're coming back. Good luck this weekend. Nice to meet you in this format. Thanks for taking time for us on the Joe Beaver Show. 
Well, thank you so much. Mari Friedman, our guest. Let's break on that note. Very intelligent, tough, tough. How much running did you do in life, TJ, or do you do now? Did you ever run track? Mm, briefly, when I'm, I'm going to say second or third grade. Oh, it was okay. like I, the little league equivalent of track, like a, a community track team, I, gotcha. I, I would say, per se. These people. Not, not, very, good, not very good at it. Not a big these, runner. These people. You know, the, the discipline. The toughness, the running through all of this nonsense weather, working out in the way they do, what what the the runners do, what the athletes do with their discipline and how hard they have to work. I see, in fact, driving over, I saw Kaylee Mitchell uh, turning a corner, finishing up a training run, and just thinking, oh, running through all of this, but it's made her tougher. It's mm-hmm. like she's almost hoping for rain now. If we're going to go through it all this spring, let's hope it's raining at the Pac-12 championships because we're built for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when we talked to Louie a couple weeks ago, It's we're asking him, well, why would you ever leave Arizona? That It's perfect conditions <laughs> yeah. to run every time. He's like, well, do you like running at 4 a.m. when it's actually like not 100 right. degrees? Out? Right, like, when well, they have to get their workouts in yeah, exactly. before it gets so, 106. Yeah. yeah, so you, you got to balance. You do. But running with wet shoes is mm-hmm. is not fun. Let's take a final break this hour, a busy hour coming up. Any uh, texts, we'll, we'll try to get to at the end of the break. If you have any thoughts you shared with us on the University Honda text line, we'll take a look. We'd love to hear from you as we go today and throughout the week on 1240 Joe Radio. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs. Hi, this is Mike and Anderson Jewelers reminding you the gold and silver market is still strong, so I'm still buying old gold jewelry and watches. Right now I'm paying cash for 10, 14, and 18 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver, antique and estate jewelry, and of course Rolex and Omega wristwatches. Anderson Jewelers is licensed by the state of Oregon and certified by the city of Corvallis to buy old gold, silver, and watches for nearly 25 years. Anderson Jewelers, 5th and Madison, downtown Corvallis. It's back, the popular Friday night prime rib dinner at Tristing Tree Golf Course starting May 13th and every Friday throughout the summer. Enjoy a delicious prime rib dinner at the tree. You can dine inside or outside on the newly remodeled patio overlooking the course. Other dinner options include salmon or steak and shrimp. And for reservations, call the Tristing Tree Pro Shop at 752-3332. That's 752-3332. Prime rib Friday night dinners are back at Tristing Tree Golf Course. We'll see you there. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass- 
glass solutions better call the glass bank call 541-760-2277 call the glass man Mike Parker with T.J. Matthewson with you until 1 o'clock today. Some special guests coming up in a busy hour next hour. we got a few minutes now. If there's anything you'd like to share via the University Honda text line or the Downward Dog phone line. The phone lines are open if you'd like to jump in here before the top of the hour. 541-497-5356. The University Honda text line, the same number. We'd love to get your thoughts and perspective on the weekend and what your perspective, in a sense, was, your vantage point. Uh, did you listen to Billy and Rich? Were you at the ball games? Uh, what was the experience like? How was the weather? Was it as bad a weather for a three-game series as you can recall? Just amazing to me they, that they get them all in, but a great credit to the ballpark, the ability to take a beating and and, and just – it. It was never pleasant, really. Maybe late yesterday in the game when the sun came out, but I looked at TJ, we looked at our phones, it was 46 degrees. So it was nice to see the sun. I used the phrase Darwin Barney looking up in wonderment. Like, What's going on up there? We didn't see much of it. Haven't seen a whole lot of it of late. But it's supposed to be spring, right? It was I th- a us. year ago today we had like 87, 88 degrees in record temperatures. So Maybe that's a little too hot. Something in between would be all right. Let's go to Jerry on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Jerry. Hi, Mike. Just a couple observations for the last couple of weeks. I was able to go to both the games in Eugene and then Friday and Saturday here at Goss this weekend. And the difference between the following that the Ducks have in baseball and what the Beavers have is couldn't have been more contrasted. It was amazing. Um, down there, you know, at least 50% of the of the spectators were Beavers. And up here, you were hard-pressed to find any Duck fans in the stand. I saw one or two. And uh, so it, it was it was really markedly different. And uh, just a couple other comments. I think that Bill Rao is excellent uh, as a color guy for, for Rich Burke. My goodness, he, he is very knowledgeable and just smooth as can be. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that, that really stuck out to me was the interview that Rich had with Mitch Canham um, <clears throat> on Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was able to hear that and how he talked about, you know, observing Mother's Day and, and the loss of his mother yeah. when he first got to OSU, how OSU, the baseball team in particular, picked him up in that really difficult time of his life but it was one of the best interviews i think i've ever heard and mitch was just oh my goodness he was he was wonderful in that interview so and that was that was during the game too correct jerry i mean that's an in-game interview where mitch is able to to be that eloquent and and uh, in a sense you know sincere from the heart uh even in the middle of a of a tough series tough ball game you know right. that that's a that says a lot about Mitch to be able to to he's calling you know, he's still the head coach of a game in those interviews while they're going on and yet able to kind of engage with with Rich and Bill in the way that he did. I haven't heard it, but I trust your well, your, your judgment of make, it. Make sure you do get to hear it because it was really well done. He didn't stumble over anything. It was just yeah. as smooth as could be. Good. It was great. I'll look for I've recorded it. I'll look for it, Jerry. I appreciate that. Thank you for taking time to, to 
to give us a call today. It was nice to see you at the ballpark this weekend. We are down to our last couple of minutes this hour. A couple of texts. One, and and yes, we're planning on, thank you, whoever this texter is, heads up, Corval, heads up, Corvallis High School will be retiring. Kevin Gregg's number 36 jersey tonight at 6.30 prior to a 7 p.m. start with Corvallis High School taking on CV. So there's a rivalry baseball game going on, uh, a Corvallis confrontation baseball game going on, and uh, a ceremony before the game to honor one of uh, CHS's greats in Kevin Gregg, the head coach. From Don, does the conference automatic playoff berth go to the regular season champ or to the tournament champ? To the tournament champ, the automatic berth. That means that anybody... You know, any any of the eight that make it could win it, and they get "quote unquote" the automatic berth, and everything else would be uh, at large. As all of the in, you know, the without the tournament in the past, all of the spots in, in that sense are they're not automatic berths. Although U- Utah did get an automatic berth as the regular season champ back in '16, yep. but and kept the Beavers out essentially. But I do think, TJ, it's your understanding, the automatic for it goes to the tournament, the tournament champ. champion. Yeah, but if you win the regular season championship, you are uh, yeah. you're in the tournament. And let's see, Dave, outside of Sandy, thank you for uh, for the text. We'll get to more of them and guests coming up next hour. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. This thing on. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. A down day, again, to start the new week on Wall Street with stocks broadly and sharply lower. The Dow Industrial's down 520 points. The S&P 500 has slid 113. The Nasdaq Composite down 466. If you drive, you're well aware of this. Gasoline prices have been shooting higher lately. Industry analyst Trilby Lundberg says the average price for a gallon of gas jumped 15 cents over the past two weeks to $4.38, just a nickel below the all-time high of 443 set on March 11th. Oil futures did tumble today. June crude skidded 6.1%, settling at 103.09 a barrel. One quarter of teens say they own a virtual reality headset, but only 5% of those who have them say they use the technology on a regular basis. That level of engagement remains uncompelling, according to a new research report from Piper Sandler. Usage of VR headsets is low due to a number of factors from costs yet to come down into the range of most consumers to an insufficient range of applications. That's your money now. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. 
I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help you get the hang of things. Good posture and alignment in your golf swing is critical, and one great way to check that is to read your arm hang. Looking from down the target line, your arm should hang on a line extending slightly in front of your toes. If your arms hang on a line that points in back of your toes, it means you're too upright and need to bend more from the hips. If your arms hang well out in front of your toes, it means that you're bending over too far. As far as your alignment, your shoulders and feet should be parallel to the target line at address. If you check this from behind, the arm should hang evenly with the right arm nearly obscuring the left. That's proof that your shoulders are aligned correctly. If your shoulders are open at address, the right arm will hang closer to the target line than the left. So remember, extend your arms so they point just in front of your toes. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie in Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done with 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. They're coming from everywhere. He's a big, great deal of traffic here for Country Road and Sink. Corvallis, Oregon. To see the total eclipse of the sun. I'm talking about the sky, McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffaloes are coming, amongst many others. He's a big, great deal of traffic here for Country Road and Sink. Sight worth seeing. I know how you must feel. Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. You look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky high for life in Corvallis. Sky star is amazing. There seems to be a lot happening in it all the time. If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special from there. Keep your eyes skinned. I want reports. Oh, you'll get reports all right. The best reports on the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. And away we go with the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio.
into the second hour today. Bill Rao, who called the games with Rich Burke on the Pac-12 Networks over the weekend, will lend his perspective coming up a little bit later, 1225-ish, 1230. Eric Daisy will jump on a little later to share his thoughts about the retirement of Kevin Gregg's jersey at Corvallis High School tonight in a ceremony at 7 with CHS and CV squaring off. Uh, We loved getting to be a part of and watch the Pat Casey ceremonial at Goff Stadium at Coleman Field on Saturday. Saturday at 5.35, it got underway. And then a a classic ball game befitting Case and his competitive drive and a game the Beavers found a way to win, 8-7 to to complete uh, that victory in what, as we all know now, was a sweep not only of the Pac-12 series, but all five games. And a gentleman who was here to cover the entire series, if you are a subscriber to D1Baseball.com, then you already have read, I'm sure, Fitbits, takeaways from Oregon State sweep of Oregon. But Aaron filed some excellent stories, as he always does, right here from Goss Stadium at Coleman Field this weekend. And as he gets ready to, to fly back home, he's kind enough to join us for a few minutes as he sits at PDX after his journey into the Mid-Willamette Valley and the Beavers in Oregon in a rivalry series that had a lot of uh, enticing, intriguing, exciting aspects, and Aaron covered it all. Aaron, it was great to see you at the ballpark. You wrote about it, takeaways, but now as you sort of sit and reflect in your coverage for D1Baseball.com, it's kind of, how would you sum up the weekend we just saw? So many thousands of fans at Goss and what the experience yeah. was like. Yeah, it was a great weekend, Mike. I really, I mean, probably my favorite weekend I've, I've experienced this season uh, as far as just the atmosphere and the, the quality of the games. And, uh, you know, the Pat Casey ceremony was, was really cool to, to be there for. I mean, you know, for me, it's almost like back-to-back weekend. My, my career has kind of gone full circle. I had Ryan Zimmerman, uh, number retirement ceremony last week in Charlottesville, and he was a, a important player at the early part of my career. And Pat Casey, the following week, I mean, when I first started his business, was coincided with the rise of, of Oregon State baseball in 2005. So uh, it was neat to kind of see that kind of come full circle. And, and, you know, he's one of the all time greats. You know, it just uh, worked out great that I happened to be there for it. You saw, too, Aaron, I think sort of something you've written about in the past about the rise of the program that you were there for the beginning for and covering it, you still find it. I think even now, maybe, I don't know, you sat you sat in the stands through some of the rain, you were in the press box a lot. You saw what the program deals with on a regular basis, yeah. just in terms of the weather. That in itself makes the story pretty phenomenal, doesn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. And, and you know, they're, they're just so used to it. They're just so hum-ho about it. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> raining steadily. We'll, we'll just go out there and play through it, and nobody bats an eyelash, and, you know, you go to the SEC or the ACC and the range like that, and they're, they're going to they're gonna just delay, you know. They're not going to play through that stuff, but um, it's just comes with the territory up here. And yeah, we, we talked about it many times, but uh, the fact that they built, you know, a legitimate superpower up there, you know, given the, the, the weather disadvantages for a sport that starts in mid-February, I mean, it's, it's still absurd to me. You know, they, they won three national titles and made those Omaha trips and they're just good every year. Um, and and I, I tweeted on Saturday, I mean, for me, Oregon State has become what, what Fullerton used to be. You know, Fullerton was kind of that, you know, one of the all-time great programs. They won four national titles. They were great for decades. Um, and they had the same kind of culture for me, you know, that, that hard-nosed thing. The style of play is similar. Um, and, and it's just like, you know, the, as far as it has declined, 
Oregon State has, has risen and kind of taken that mantle. Aaron Fitt, D1Baseball.com, joining us. You also said, just kind of bring it to the, the here and now and your Fitbits today, your takeaways. You said, and I don't know how, as you said, the folks in Knoxville will think about this, but you you have gone on record, at least at this point, You, you th- Oregon State's the best team you've seen so far in 2022. If that's so, could you elaborate a little bit on that, please? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and as I said yesterday, I, I have not seen Tennessee in person yet, so I'll throw that caveat out there. But, uh, you know, that said, even if these two teams met right now in a matchup, I think I would take the Beavers um, because I think they're playing really good baseball. They're playing the best baseball right now, whereas Tennessee isn't. Uh, for starters, you know, that, that's a factor. But secondly, I mean, I think Cooper Jerpy is such a separator. You know, and as great as Tennessee's pitching has been, and it's been awesome, I mean, you're leaning on two true freshmen in that weekend rotation. And, you know, those guys do tend to hit a wall late in the year. Um, every year, you know, if you look at the best freshmen in the country, uh, it, it's a bigger workload than they're used to. And so will those guys be able to hold up a Jew? Jerpy's a veteran. He's, he's been through the ringer. Uh, he's pitching as well as ever right now, and I don't see any reason to believe he, he would drop back. But I just think, you know, the Beavers are so balanced. We were worried maybe early in the year about the, the bullpen. Um, I love what I saw from the bullpen this weekend. I walked away feeling really confident about the state of that group. I mean, I wish they had a little bit more left-handed pitching, but aside from that, I mean, They've got a lot of different guys that can run at you with, with different looks. It feels like they can all spin a good breaking ball, um, and, and they all have confidence. You just hammer the strike zone. You know, sign me up for a team that leads the country in, in fielding percentage and, and fuse walks allowed. That's a winning formula right there. It really is amazing, too, and I give Rich Dorman and, and Mitch, the head coach, but the pitching coach for the Beavers and Coach Dorman, a lot of credit because last year, as you know, Aaron, one of the things that perhaps kept Oregon State from going further, having a, an even better year than they did. They were two innings away from a super regional on the road. That's not bad. But they had a problem with ball four as a staff. They issued a lot of walks and hit a lot of batters and led the Pac-12 in free passes, walks and hit batters combined. So it says a lot about the, the pitchers, certainly, but probably Rich Dorman, too, working with them this year. Well, that's a great call. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit from, from Oregon State fans. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Really, they transformed that pitching staff this year is remarkable. I didn't realize that they had issued so many free passes last year. That's uh, startling, you know, that they were able to turn it around so dramatically. But in Jerky's, you know, a case in point. I mean, um, early in the season, I mean, we didn't quite buy in on him as a first-team All-American kind of guy because he just hadn't commanded the zone at that elite level. And as the season has gone on, He's proven that he can. I mean, it's really good command with electric stuff. It's just a rare combination. And so, you know, give him credit, but also give uh, Coach Dorman credit for, for kind of bringing that out of him. Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Aaron, this is TJ here with Mike. You got to see Jake Fennigs on Sunday. Uh, you know, he's only been back in the rotation now for three weeks. How much better is this rotation, really, and how much, how much more complete yeah. Does this uh, rotation and pitching staff round out with Fennigs in there? Yeah, that feels like a huge piece, doesn't it? I mean, you have that guy, uh, whether he goes on Saturday or Sunday in the postseason, I mean, that's, that's a real arm, you know. I mean, and we knew it was. We've seen him in the past. We knew his real stuff, but uh, he looked great. I and mean, again, a guy that has stuff in, in for strikes. I mean, I, I thought the fastball at, at 20 life, 92 93, held his velocity. Uh, I, I like both breaking balls that I saw. It was a really tight curveball with like elite spin and uh, and a slider. Boy, that's, a, that's an out pitch. So uh, it's it's a good arsenal, and and you throw him into the mix behind Jerpy, and you know whatever you do with Matt, I mean that's uh, 
that, that's a really good trio right there. Yeah, and I think that was maybe the other piece we were kind of waiting to see materialize as him coming back and, and really completing that staff. And, you know, there we go. Aaron, if you're if you're Rich Dorman, is there any concern with with uh, with Eggs and you know he was injured, missed a bunch of time. Would he hit a wall as postseason play comes along, or would he still be feeling fresh? Yeah, I think it's the latter. You know, it kind of reminds me of last year with, with Will Bednar from Mississippi State, who went on to be uh, the most outstanding player of the College Bowl Series. He missed a good chunk of last season with an injury issue, and um, he kind of came back. You know, maybe about this time of year, and they built him up gradually so that he really peaked in the postseason, and he was like the freshest guy out there. You know, he's blowing everybody away. So I can kind of see that same trajectory happening with Bennix. Aaron Fitt, D1Baseball.com, joining us. Freshman, it's you're right about the freshman wall. You can hit it. You remember well in 2018, kind of the opposite. Maybe you're even talking about the Mississippi State guy being in a similar Mm -hmm. place, Kevin Abel. I mean, Abel in Omaha, Aaron, I mean, you've seen a lot of College World Series, so I defer to you. But winning four games there and what he did there, where do you rank Abel's a couple of weeks in Omaha on your list and what he did? Certainly the opposite of hitting a wall. He was as dominant as ever as that season ended. Yeah, that was just the stuff of legends right there. You know, I mean, especially to come back in the the final game on – what, two days rest? It was, it was short rest. Yes. And to go the distance and just shut them down, I mean, a really good offensive team, that Arkansas club, uh, that was unbelievable. You know, and I think that still holds up. But, you know, I'd have to look back, but I think that's probably the best pitching performance uh, I can remember in Omaha over the course of the entire tournament. I mean, you put a Michael Roth up in that conversation in South Carolina, and, you know, some of other guys, Jordan Nickerson was heroic for the Beavers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think what Abel did is just maybe a kick above everybody else. Mm. And, Aaron, you talked about shutting down a good offensive club. Let's bring it again back to the here and now in the series you just saw. You spoke with Mark Wazikowski at some length in your fit bits that you uh, wrote and can fi- people can find on D1Baseball.com. I mean, Waz was impressed with what he saw because he knows, and you know, that's a pretty good club and a very good offensive club, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I really do believe that you know, they got a bunch of guys that are going to be drafted pretty good and uh, there's a lot of length in that lineup. I mean, what is it, eight out of the nine starters are hitting around 300 or better. Um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a very good offensive team. So to shut them down three times in a week and shut them out twice, uh, boy, that was really loud for me. You know, again, I mean, heading into the season, we loved Oregon State's rotation on paper. Then you lose Fish and you lose Bennett and start to wonder about the pitching just a little bit. We always were high on the position player group, but now they've shown me they've got elite pitching and a really good position player group. It's just all there, you know, and I have to keep guessing about this, but this was a really loud weekend. Yeah, and Jacob Melton had a loud weekend, and Jacob offered after the game something that I had not heard before in all of my uh, conversations with Jacob, and when all is not many because of COVID and the lack of contact and so on with some of the student-athletes. I've not interacted with him as much as I would have liked, but he claimed that George Horton told him, you won't play Division One baseball. <laughs> now, that's a pretty... Interesting thing to say, and he says so after the sweep. But that kid, and I've talked to Bill Rao and others who would say, you know what, if George said that, he wasn't alone in thinking that, Aaron. And that's what makes a guy like Jacob Melton such a fascinating story and the ability to develop and get better. He's pretty darn good, isn't he? Oh, he's amazing. You know, and that shocks me that that, that, uh, he was regarded 
um, you know, at that at that level is not really a Division One prospect by some some really good coaches. And George Horton, and I know he didn't have the success at Oregon that he, he would have liked, but that guy's a Hall of Fame coach. You know, he won a national title. He knows baseball. Um, and so if he didn't see this coming from Melton, that that's amazing to me. Um, you know, this guy's a first rounder. I mean, you know, I, I really do. I think he's going to be a first rounder. It's, maybe he was a little unorthodox coming up. I mean, uh, I was talking with Chris Burke of ESPN yesterday. He, he was kind of up with a comparison from Melton. He's like, well, is it like a, like a left-handed hitting Hunter Pence? And I thought, yeah, I could see that a little bit. I mean, I don't think he's as unorthodox as Pence, but uh, as far as the size, he's, He's more athletic than Pence, and he's, I think he can stick in center field, and uh, the power is real. You know, I mean, and Waz said yesterday to me, I didn't put this in my story, but, you know, he, he thought they fooled um, Melton on the home run yesterday. It was a slider. He got stuck on his front foot, and he still hit the thing 110 miles an hour over the bleachers. I mean, that's just freakish strength right there. Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Aaron, so now we're only about two and a half weeks away from the Pac-12 tournament and something that is completely new to all of these coaches and such. How uh, To our listeners and fans here of Beaver Baseball, really how is this tournament different or, or how the teams will approach it from a pitching staff perspective yeah. and looking ahead to the postseason, which would be the week right after? I think it'll vary from team to team. You know, the teams like Oregon State that are already going to be locked in. I mean, they're probably the only one that's really locked in is like a top eight seed. Uh, they don't have as much to play for. I think you take a much more conservative approach with your pitching in a conference tournament at that point. You just want to keep everybody fresh and, and tune them up for regionals. But there's going to be teams there that are fighting for their lives, you know, and some teams are going to be there that have no chance in that large bid. Their only chance to keep playing is to win the tournament. They're going to go all out. So, yeah, that's always kind of a conundrum when it comes to these conference tournaments is how much stock do you put in it? Um, I mean, if you're Tennessee and you roll in there and you've got nothing to play for, um, you know, how much credit do you give a team for beating Tennessee, you know, if you're trying to evaluate the at-large cases? So, uh, there's a lot of stuff like that that the committee has to wade through, but it'll be an interesting week. I'm, I'm, I am glad that the conference is finally doing this. I think it's overdue. Uh, because I, I just think it, it gives those teams that are lower down the standing something to play for and makes the season a little bit more interesting. If you can just fight to get into that conference tournament, then you got you got hope at least. You know, whereas mm-hmm. the Big West, if you're not UC Santa Barbara right now, you're done. Your season's over. you got three weeks left to play, and you got no chance playing in the postseason. And I don't like that. Aaron, uh, there are so many things, and I hope that our paths will cross again soon. It was a delight to have you at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field over the weekend. Uh, Really, uh, let me close on this because you had the best photograph I've seen of the Ryan Brown moment striking out Jacob Walsh. I don't know if you were – that comes from your vision. We see Brown telling him, get off the field or whatever – but did you were you privy to? Could you hear some of the other stuff that led to that? And what do you make of a moment like that? Yeah, yeah, that was fun, huh? I mean, talk yeah. about a, a great rivalry moment. Um, you know, I had my my lens trained on on Brown the whole time. I was trying to get that celebration shot, and I'm expecting a fist pump or something like you usually get. Uh, so I didn't see anything that Walsh might have said, or people saying he was staring staring down the pitchers all weekend. I don't know. I, I didn't notice that. Um, I mean, I saw the highlight. It looked like he maybe took a step towards the pitcher after that last strike. I don't know if he was, you know, just a balance thing or what. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I, I thought it was fun. The rivalry stuff is great. and uh, You know, it, it's chippy. And I guess some fans have already turned that photo into a T-shirt that you can buy, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Good work on you. Caught the shot. It was perfect. Aaron, uh, you covered the sport uh, so well, and we appreciate you taking time for us, as you often do during the season. Great to talk to you, and hope our paths will cross soon down the road in postseason, perhaps. Thanks for coming out this weekend. Great to have you on the show. 
Guys, it was a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you in Omaha. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Let's hope so. Aaron Fit, D1Baseball.com, our guest. Let's take a break here, Doc, because I want to get Billy Rao rolling so we can have time to talk with Eric Daisy near the end of the show about a special night at Corvallis High School tonight with a baseball Corvallis confrontation and the retirement of Kevin Gregg's jersey. Just a note of what Aaron mentioned. Yeah. Not only was you mentioned it, but Walsh wasn't just stepping towards Ryan Brown. He was doing the Soto shuffle. He was doing a little Soto shuffle, but <laughs> I like I, I'm I'm generally not real big on you know. And over the years, it's been pretty important for the Beavs and Mitch Cannon saying we don't engage or provoke or start things. Mm-hmm. It's not our style. There's some teams in the league that do, and they yap and they run their mouths all game <laughs> long. It's not kind of the Beavers' style, so. It looked a little unusual for me to see Brown, you know, pointing the way off the field. <laughs> the dugouts right yeah, over there. But all things considered, and I mean all things considered in, in the weekend and the context, I'm good with it. In fact, it's I a rivalry. It. Yeah, it was good. Got to get some juice in there. Billy Rao coming up next, and he'll break down Melton and talk about what Aaron Fitt alluded to. Fooled and hits the ball 110 miles an hour. It's a pretty good and special athlete. Bill, we'll talk about that and more next 1240 Joe Radio. Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese-crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. And customize your cheese-crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful proteins, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese-crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba.com or in the app. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Hi, this is Mike and Anderson Jewelers reminding you the gold and silver market is still strong, so I'm still buying old gold jewelry and watches. Right now I'm paying cash for 10, 14, and 18 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver, antique and estate jewelry, and of course Rolex and Omega wristwatches. Anderson Jewelers is licensed by the state of Oregon and certified by the city of Corvallis to buy old gold, silver, and watches for nearly 25 years. Anderson Jewelers, 5th and Madison, downtown Corvallis. It's back, the popular Friday night prime rib dinner at Tristing Tree Golf Course starting May 13th and every Friday throughout the summer. Enjoy a delicious prime rib dinner at the tree. You can dine inside or outside on the newly remodeled patio overlooking the course. Other dinner options include salmon or steak and shrimp. And for reservations, call the Tristing Tree Pro Shop at 752-3332. That's 752-3332. Prime rib Friday night dinners are back at Tristing Tree Golf Course. We'll see you there. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. We set them up, you knock them down. Island boy! 
your next party at Highland Bowl in Corvallis. Their party package for each lane includes two hours of bowling, shoe rentals, a 16-inch cheese or pepperoni pizza, and soft drink pitcher. There's a two-lane minimum. Check out the fun at HighlandBowl.com. It's a party at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 541- 758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Waiting on Billy Rao. Uh, we expect him any moment. We had talked about him being on. I know TJ is going to try again on the Downward Dog phone line and hope that he's about to uh, call us back. We have we talked about it yesterday as Bill was making his way down Interstate 5 with the mayor of Medford in the car with him the de facto mayor of Medford, one B.G. Gould. B.G. was up here getting to celebrate the Pat Casey experience on Saturday. He and Pat go way back. B.G. goes way back with everybody. What a great soul he is. And so he and Billy were in the car, and B.G. called to share uh, his thoughts about the sweep. Now, Bill, as a Pac-12 network announcer, I'm sure was as objective and as fair and well-researched as possible and was very fair to uh, the other guys and the other team. But you also know, and it's almost impossible not to know, and even my friend Rich, who on the record would probably never talk per se about, he does a tremendous job in terms of research and prep, no one better in that respect. So he would have every anecdotal detail nugget, uh, about every Oregon player and, and, and do the job as a professional. But his son Dalton attends Oregon State and <laughs> loves the Beavers. Rich has shared uh, with us about his son's uh, passion for the Beavers built way back in those uh, early days as the Beavers were rising and how Dalton, his son, now attending Oregon State all in on everything uh, when it comes to Beaver baseball. And so let's just say I think Rich is probably uh, – contributed to that in his own way. So those guys, I'm sure, did a tremendous job as the pros they are. But this will be an opportunity, if indeed we make the connection with Bill, uh, an opportunity to hear him out on Jacob Melton in particular. Uh, and TJ, I'm going to ask, I, we haven't had Jacob on the Joe Beaver show mm-hmm. ever. And Hank is going to be receiving an official request <laughs> to uh, talk to Jacob. Uh, come tomorrow on the show, if the schedule permits and their workout schedule permits. I'd love to talk to Jacob and hear him out a little bit on what he 
in a sense, I know anybody that I talk to, and I've talked to several people since I read the comments that Jacob made about mm-hmm. what George Horton purportedly said to him. And I'd not heard that before from Jacob. And several other people have been pretty close to him. Hadn't heard that either. No. So he's been either sitting on that, kind of waiting. He may never play Oregon again. Now, they could meet in the Pac-12 tournament. That's possible. And and one you know never knows exactly when paths may cross again. I mean, the Beavers play Lindsey Meggs in Omaha in 2018. So that wasn't like a parting shot, knowing that I'll never... And George isn't even the coach there anymore. So I I think after time and all of that, he just felt like, yeah, I've, I've played these guys with a chip on my shoulder. And part of it is because of what I heard from their former head coach years ago. So it, I was down there in that scrum when he mentioned that that was the final comment. No one really followed up on it. Now thinking back probably should have, but, um, Almost caught us off guard because that's something like something like that with a lot of athletes. They will, you're right. They will wait. They they want to use it. They because they, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm yeah. doing very well. I can. Mm-hmm. I'm. I have this this chip now on my shoulder. And he said that gave me a huge chip. And I mean, look where Jacob is now. He could be, he's gonna be a, could be a first round pick. But you know, I was kind of surprised he didn't sneak it in earlier when we were you know asking him. But Kate Rogerson asked the last question. Uh, that's just something about you know how does this rivalry like mean to you? Mm-hmm. And he. Threw it right in there at the end, and we're you know sitting there in the yeah. scrum, like looking like, oh, oh, yeah. you didn't know that. It's like that's something I thought you lead with, right? When when you're talking about rivalries and such, but it seemed just Jacob is a very calculated person. Yes, when he was when he's giving us his answers, you know, he was saying all the right things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know just being very direct and 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 simplified with his answers and such like that. And he just kind of like he just snuck it in almost. <laughs> You know what's? I, I really hope we get Bill. I'm not sure what's happening we're, with Bill. We're for two. Uh, we've tried twice. We had it set up for this time slot, both yesterday and today. He's a busy man, and he may be taking a little extra time with his youngsters in a lesson. So that's good. What we may do is re- take a break, regroup, come back with Eric Daisy, and then try to finish with Bill. That's maybe how we'll have to do this as we try to adapt. We try to be adaptable in the modern era. And hope that we can do that. As Mari Friedman and her teammates, who's had to adapt more in life than student-athletes over the past couple of years. And Mari talks that she was just talking yesterday with one of her teammates about, you know, that the whole experience they've been through. And that includes Jacob Melton and Oregon State. And the thing that I did hear a lot over the weekend from players was, we've been dreaming about playing in front of a Goss crowd like this, and they really haven't been able to in 20 or 21. And so to, to have a record setting three game series for attendance and 4,026 for Pat Casey day for some of those guys like Kyle Dernetti, whom I visited with yesterday on the pregame, that was their first real experience of Goss and Goss got them. And the power of what it's like to play in that ballpark was really at full strength, even with the bad weather this mm-hmm. weekend. It was good to see. It really, mm-hmm. I, I wish I was there on Saturday, kind of. Oh, I was here instead, yeah. actually. So I could hear it through vicariously through you. Um, Sunday's crowd was pretty good. Yes. But, I, you know, me, me finally, like, seeing these Goss crowds in person for the first time, it, it does live up to the billing right now. Everyone is dialed in. Well, you, you're right. I mean, that's the, the fact that each pitch, each moment, everything, 
everything's important and matters. And so this, there, there's almost a quietness falls over the ballpark. Yeah. If Oregon gets back-to-back base hits and mm-hmm. runners at first and second, tie and run coming to the plate, it's just it, you're still cheering and, and, and doing your best to be enthusiastic for your team, but there's also just a, a you know, a tightening up in a sense, TJ of, oh, 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 oh. And, and that's the, when it gets quiet sometimes at Goss, that's not out of by any means uh, apathy or uh, a lack of interest. It's quite the opposite. It's we're so into this that uh, we, we're just, we gotta, we gotta hold our breath. And, you know, the, the sibilant, uh, sounds through the crowd. You can almost be heard at times in the, in the silence of God. I use that word and I chuckle because Bill Rao walked into the booth yesterday and said something about sibilance. Bill, I don't know if you worked that into the broadcast or not. We weren't challenging each other to use it, but with you coming in, I use it. It's a good word, Bill. Did you get it in on the broadcast? You know, I didn't, and I also missed <laughs> shouting out my mom, which I feel more guilty for missing that Ooh, than anything yeah. else. So I don't know if she's listening at all, but Mom, Catherine, love you so much. Sorry I missed shouting you out on Mother's Day. Okay, well, and that was a special day and weekend, Bill. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're going to have Eric Daisy, the head coach at CHS, coming up in a few minutes to talk about a retirement ceremony for the Corvallis High School head coach, the former big leaguer Kevin Gregg, now the head coach at his alma mater, having his jersey retired Saturday was all about Pat Casey and the Beaver program as well it should. So let's just start with that before we get to Melton and other aspects. Bill, you played for the man one year, but what was that year like? What does that man mean to you in the program? How would you frame that for us here on the Joe Beaver Show today? Man, how do you describe a guy like that? He was an incredible human being. An amazing coach, amazing man, a role model, a leader, really helped me when I needed it. Uh, yeah, just a legend. I mean, he's he's immortal in my mind. He's reached that status. <laughs> I got you. Bill, that's a good way to put it. How did he reach out to you, and how did you? We've told the story, and the, it's your story is a great Oregon State story in its own right. So how did you and Case connect, and, and his belief in you, what that meant to you? Well, I was coming off three seasons at UC Santa Barbara and uh, feeling pretty down about my development there and not really happy with my situation. And I was playing summer baseball for the Corvallis Knights and just knew that there happened to be an availability at Oregon State once Andy Jenkins took off. And my coach at the time, uh, Gabe Sandy, just really encouraged me to give it a shot. You know, after my release from Santa Barbara and try and get into Oregon State. And once I got there, I tell you, the big difference for me was just the confidence that Pat Casey had in me. And I mentioned it yesterday about Tyler Graham having that confidence in Wade Meckler early in the, his career and just telling him he could be an all American in a top round draft pick, just like Stephen Kwan, if he put the work in. And that was before Wade Meckler even believed in himself. So just having that belief and that confidence in a player, even if you don't believe it, I've found that, you know, you gotta, you gotta have the kids believe that they're going to get to a certain place. I mean, that's how the development goes. if you don't buy in and think you're actually going to get better, then you probably won't. Bill Rao joining us. Bill, you had the whole weekend, all three games with Rich, an outstanding broadcast team. What are your takeaways from the three games? You just saw the big picture stuff, the particular things. What occurs to you now a day later as we talk about 
well, first of all, working with Rich Burke is amazing. And, you know, I cherish the opportunity to work with you on the broadcast as well, Mike. But getting to work with a legend like Rich Burke, just somebody who knows baseball so well and is able to call so many different sports, it's really a treat to get in the booth with a guy like that and just watch him work. Um, but this weekend, in terms of Beaver baseball, I wish I wish I could show you the group chat from our 06 team and just there's a lot of jealousy that we didn't get to experience an opportunity to sweep the Ducks and feel what that feeling was like. So I know that getting a sweep like that trickles down through all the past teams that never got to play against the Ducks, but really we're feeling pride about us taking that series. Yeah, and what were the keys to taking the series, Bill, from your perspective? We just had Aaron Fitt from D1Baseball.com who said – that he that that the Beavers are the best team he's seen in person. Although he the caveat he hasn't seen Tennessee yet, but he just talked about the complete nature of the team. Do you concur in the sense that this team is built in all three phases to to perhaps make a pretty good run at this thing? Yeah, I mean not just built but stacked. Right? They're so deep everywhere. I mean you have you know guys in the bullpen who throw 97 who aren't even mixing in on the weekend you know so, I mean that's how deep we are back in there and there's you know defensive players who are not necessarily hitting super high with their average like Matt Gretler for example who came in this weekend and had you know multiple great sack bunts mm-hmm. incredible at-bats where he drew walks in big situations and then leaves the yard to dead center field mixed in the middle of that I mean if you can get that kind of a performance out of the guys who are have the lowest averages on your team, then you're going to be really dangerous. Yeah. Hey, Bill, let's talk about, speaking of really dangerous, the phenomenon that Jacob Melton is, that he's become, you and I were speaking earlier about, you know, the, the George Horton comment that apparently has motivated Jacob and George, apparently, according to Jacob, telling Jacob that, hey, you, you're not, you won't play Division One baseball. Now, that's a hard thing for me to, to even imagine a coach saying that's the opposite of, of, of encouraging somebody to believe and all of that. But apparently that's how George felt about him. But you were honest enough with me to say, you know, coming out of high school, George may not have been alone in that sort of uh, evaluation of Jacob's potential. So what does it say about the development and the talent and the physical skills and the determination of Jacob to be where he is now? If what George said, if what George said was, was true and not only he, but others thought it. Yeah, I, you know, and I experienced something similar um, with Oregon State, to be quite honest. Like, coming out of high school, Oregon State didn't offer me any scholarship money and told me I'd be fourth in line out of all their other first basemen. And honestly, it sounded like they didn't care whether I came there or not. And that puts a little chip on your shoulder as well. And so, I mean, for every player, I think there's some coach or some person who told them they couldn't that, like, helped light the fire a little bit more, you know. And that's really where how you have to react to something like that if if you want to be a good player, you know, the same thing happened with Wade Meckler when Mitch pulled him in his office and told him that he wasn't going to be making the team next season. I mean, you either choose to take information like that and fold, or you take information like that and have it inspire you to just work a little bit harder. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Like find a reason to push yourself a little bit more, you know, when you're tired or you're cold or whatever, you're trying to get your reps. It's like, remember that, like play that, back over and over in your head, listen to George Horton's voice, feel it in your mind before you're about to go up to an at-bat. Whatever you need to do to get yourself angry and focused and confident, I'd say go for it. It's part of the mental game. Bill Rao with us for a few more minutes. 
let the mental game, the chip, the motivation. But just if you could, Bill, what you were sharing with me was fascinating about the hitter that Jacob is becoming. Tell us what you saw. Wazikowski told Aaron Fitt, and I think you confirmed this, that the bomb that he hit yesterday over the right field bleachers, he was actually fooled by the pitch and yet managed to hit it deep and long and gone. How can he do that? What are you seeing with him at the plate now? Well, I, I, you know, what, what first struck me was how many first pitches he was swinging at and getting hits on. And as I went back and watched that, what I noticed was they were a mix of fastballs and curveballs. And so I asked him after one of those games, is he guessing a pitch or is he just sitting location? Because it's pretty rare to have somebody look like they're that on time for both fastballs and curveballs in the first pitch of an at-bat. And he said he's not guessing a pitch. He's literally just looking for any pitch in the zone that he can drive and then putting a swing on it, which means he has to get his timing for a fastball down every time in case it's a fastball and then adjust to an off-speed pitch. So for him to hit a first-pitch home run on an off-speed pitch, knowing that he's having to get his timing down for fastball, and when you look at the swing, it looks like he was guessing off-speed. Like, he's hardly out front on it. He really does a great job decelerating his swing early on, and that's a term that they're starting to use more and more with hitting. It's like a deceleration that happens to adjust to that pitch and then continue to just hold on to your power, and that's just what a pure natural hitter is able to do. I mean, that's that's a reaction in, you know, two thousandths of a second that he's making to be able to adjust like that, and if you can do that consistently at the college level, I mean, that's that's why George Horton told him that he wasn't going to be a good hitter because in high school down here in Southern Oregon, you don't face really good pitching. So you can sort of cheat and hit most pitches for a home run. And then once you get to college, you do have a period of time where to find that swing again, you have to make adjustments. And I think Jacob Melton's done a really fantastic job of doing that in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. And the sheer athletic skill and talent will close on this bell. You've got a lot of kids you're working out down there today on an off. Yeah, we're the in kids. the cages right I now. I can Billy. hear it. We're grinding. I love it, Billy. I love that you're, you're doing that with young kids down there. But let just one other thing on Jacob Melton. As an athlete in the mechanics, the, the bat speed, I saw him hit a foul foul tip the other day, and it knocked the catcher over. And I thought, well, there's not many hitters who are going to do that, right? I mean, there's something going on up there with, with bat speed, uh, the torque involved, what, whatever that is. You don't see that type of thing very often. So I was so impressed by just a foul ball he hit, by the bat speed that he generates. Absolutely. I mean, the guy hit a foul ball on catcher's interference play this weekend, too. I mean, I, I can't even imagine your bat getting redirected that soon to where the ball's going to be and still making contact somehow, and he did that, too. So, like you said, just freakish body mechanics. He's really strong. He's really fast. The eyes, obviously, must be incredible to be able to make that consistent of hard contact, and then the reaction time to be able to adjust off-speed curveball mm-hmm. is just amazing. I mean, that's probably what all the scouts are seeing, too. You know, it's little intangibles like that that you don't really realize until you know how hard it is to hit at the college level and still see what he's doing. Hey, with all those scouts there, too, Aaron Fitt just said Jacob's a first-rounder, believes that he is. How about the left-handed pitcher on Friday night for the Beavers, Billy? We'll close on this, and Cooper, Jerpy, and what the future is for him with respect to I mean, I know he's thinking only one thing, try to get the Beavers all the way into Omaha and come home with it. But for Cooper beyond this year, from what you've seen, what's ahead for him? I mean, I don't There's so many things to talk about. You know, you don't really get a good feel for how nasty his pitching is in his arm slot 
from the booth because the camera angles on the wrong side of his body. You don't really get to see it from the left side, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't really see how nasty that is. It's, it's just absolutely gross from the batter's box. And I think really the combination of him and Jacob Benning's it excited me the most this weekend, just seeing what those two starters look like contrasting with each other and how deadly that would be if you had to play the same team for two games to just get Cooper Jerpy and then get Jacob Benning's like, low sidearm left to really steep high from the right. It's just, I mean, it's not even fair. Yeah. Bill, get back with your kids. Thanks for giving back to so many down there and for the great work you do when you get a chance to call games on the Pac-12 Network. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Got to take my daughter, Elle Mushroom, honey, and she wants to do that. So you guys find a way to make that work, please, amongst other things. Thanks for taking time, Billy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My buddies want to say goodbye. Can they say bye really quick? Absolutely. Say bye, guys. Wow. (laughs) You got a lively group there, Billy. Keep it up. Let's break. Come back. Speaking of good educators and teachers of the game and math and in life, Eric Daisy next, 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758. 8245 Edward Jones member SIPC We set them up you knock them down Plan your next party at Highland Bowl in Corvallis. Their party package for each lane includes two hours of bowling, shoe rentals, a 16-inch cheese or pepperoni pizza, and soft drink pitcher. There's a two-lane minimum. Check out the fun at HighlandBowl.com. It's a party at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up you knock them down Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese-crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. And customize your cheese-crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful protein, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese-crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba.com or in the app. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. 
Hi, this is Mike and Anderson Jewelers reminding you the gold and silver market is still strong, so I'm still buying old gold jewelry and watches. Right now I'm paying cash for 10, 14, and 18 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver, antique and estate jewelry, and of course Rolex and Omega wristwatches. Anderson Jewelers is licensed by the state of Oregon and certified by the city of Corvallis to buy old gold, silver, and watches for nearly 25 years. Anderson Jewelers, 5th and Madison, downtown Corvallis. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with T.J. Mathewson. Our thanks to our guests today, Mari Friedman, Aaron Fitt, Bill Rao, and we close with, I was glad to get this heads up from a couple of texters and from Eric Daisy himself. A special night coming up after a tremendous weekend of baseball that I know Eric appreciated as a former letterman for the Beavers in uh, the late 80s for Jack Riley on some good clubs longtime coach at uh, Corvallis High School, retired, has returned in different roles, and now working as an assistant with Kevin Gregg. And Coach Daisy, Eric, great to have you on. Before we get to your experience of Beaver baseball this weekend, let's just jump right in with the special night tonight against CV at 7 at CHS uh, Taylor Field, uh, Hanson Stadium at Taylor Field, what the night is all about. Well, as as you just said, and by the way, thanks thanks for having me on. And I you're, I just get uh, I get excited every day listening to your show. So thank, thank you. you, sir. Um, yeah. So uh, at, at seven o'clock, uh, Crescent Valley and Corvallis will take each other on in uh, in a game over here at Hanson Stadium at Taylor Field. So that's going to be a great community baseball night. And before that, uh, we as Corvallis High School will get to recognize Kevin Gregg by retiring his high school 36 jersey. That is so cool, Eric. And his story, and he was on with us, as you know, uh, I think you were on your way to a game and he jumped on with us, and it was so great to talk to him. Tell us your version, your experience with Kevin through the years, what you, what you saw him as you coached him as a young man at CHS to see what he rose to, to great heights in the major leagues, to now come back. What, what is? Just tell us a little bit about your relationship and story and now working with Kevin on the team. Well, it's it's been one of the great blessings of my life to have been able to to coach here and coach him, and then and then when he uh, about the time he uh, um, earned his way into the big leagues, uh, I returned to Corvallis and we started to work together again in the winters, getting kids, getting pitchers ready for the springtime. And so that overlap of the work that he would do to get ready for all those seasons in the, in, in the major leagues for those different teams he played for and the work that we were doing to get kids ready uh, was, was just powerful stuff. Kevin has had great vision from the beginning. He said in his 1996 yearbook, he said, I'm going to play in Major League Baseball and I'm going to marry Nicole. And both of those hmm. stories have turned out really, really well. Um, yeah, so the, I could go further. I'm excited to go further, actually, but I'll pause there. Well, that's a, that's a great story in itself. What about Kevin? You know, we just uh, talked to Billy Rao about Jacob Melton and motivation and so on. Yeah. Did you see in Kevin, if in 96 he's saying, I'm going to pitch in the big leagues, and right as important, Mary Nicole, both those things yeah. were, were great things yeah. that he, he kind of saw together in his life. Did you see him in did you see him as a guy? Yeah, that guy's going to pitch in the big leagues. I mean, what were your thoughts about him when you coached him? Well, I, I 
I mean, it was easy to recognize his extraordinary talent. I'm not sure at that point in my coaching career that I could have a sense of what that might look like over the course of time. But Dick McClain definitely did. And he helped me see it. And then we got to work together with Kevin, uh, you know, as, as he went through his sophomore and junior and senior years. Um, he, he was different. He did not hit in high school, which a lot of great athletes do. Uh, he was a pitcher only at that time. And um, his work ethic uh, was super obvious at the, uh, in our practice sessions. And then the way he competed in games, they were next level, even as a high school kid. He, he went 17 complete games, Mike, in high school. He threw five no-hitters. In his junior and senior year, he struck out 12 a game. <laughs> wow. And in the, in the, in the kind of the all-star series, Deal. He he went over to the state metro series, had a great series there, and then pitched in the first Oregon Washington series, uh, and he got to he got the game one start for Oregon, and so he's facing Washington's top three guys, and he throws nine pitches in the first innings and strike out the side. <laughs> so you're you're talking about a guy with elite stuff, extraordinary. I mean, off the charts work ethic. And, and that only increased as he got into the, the big leagues. His off-season workouts were incredible. Uh, and, and I think vision for what his mm-hmm. life could be and what he wanted it to be. And then he shares that. He comes back now, and now he's, he's back at the, the same high school field that he did all those different things on, and he's sharing that with our kids. It's that, super yeah. powerful. It is great. What will the ceremony entail tonight? Are you speaking? Is Dick speaking? I mean, what, what will happen, and, or do we just need to come and show up and find out? No, well, no, we're, uh, you know, we will uh, invite him and Nicole and Ryan and Max and, and uh, some other close family members out to home plate, and we get to, we're, we're going to brag on him both as uh, an elite performer, uh, uh, extraordinary character, uh, human being, and a servant of our community over a long period of time. Right. And so we'll, we'll celebrate all of that. We'll hand him a framed jersey, and then we're going to send uh, Max and Ryan out to the outfield, and they'll cut a tarp, and, and down will come uh, a tarp that's covering his uh, number 36 jersey. Nice. Hey, Eric, the time and, is short. And yeah. Dick will be here. Yeah, you got to go, huh? Time is short, but I wanted to ask you, that's a special yeah. night tonight in our community, as you said, 7 o'clock tonight. Anson Stadium at Taylor Field with the ceremonies at 6.30. I'm going to try to get out there if my schedule permits. You know how busy life is, and I'm hoping I I can. I'd love to be part of that. It was great to see you yesterday briefly, and you told me, you know, we we swinging through the parking lot. I'm with my daughter, Elle, on Mother's Day. We have a great uh, appreciation for you and the work you do with students and you did with our daughter and so many, countless many. But you told me it was just a thrill to see her, and I appreciate that, Eric, that you care about your kids that way. Thank you for that. It, it felt great. It just felt great to see you guys and reconnect with Al. felt awesome. Thank so, you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of awesome, how about the weekend for the Beavers? I know you care. You care. Oh. You're leaning in on every pitch. What about that? Oh, it's just special to see um, – the, I mean, it was, and it was fun to hear Bill talk too about all the all the unique things he's able to analyze. But the way that the Beavers compete um, day in and day out, and the way they rise to the occasion, that is special. I mean, it, we talk about grinding and and all the work ethic and all of that. You can do that and still not show up in the moments, 
and they ha- they have a way of showing up in the moments that just inspires. So yeah, and you uh, <laughs> you get to the park when you can. You tell me you you don't really miss much. You're listening to the ball games or watching the live yeah. streams. I Eric, I'm I'm glad to know you're out there. Hey, I, I'll tell you, it was magical on Friday night. We played, so I came home late and I got to catch the the, the TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching that, and I could hear through my window the chainsaw. And the TV says it's a one-two count, but I know what's coming. <laughs> it was awesome. Jerpy's been pretty good. I'm really uh, excited to see where the beeves go from here. What's up for you guys? Uh, tell, tell us where you sit as you head down the stretch in the season at CHS. Well, we, uh, we have two weeks left in our regular season. We get to play Crescent Valley this week in two games, then Lebanon in two games late this week, early next week, and then West Albany. And those three teams are, are accompanying us uh, with Silverton kind of in the top half of our league. So it's kind of a week to uh, a couple weeks stretch to figure out where we sit in the league. And then we'd love a chance to go ahead and, and uh, play on in, in the, uh, the tournament. Yeah. Eric, we'll be following it. I hope to get there for a while tonight. Uh, it, 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 there's a busman's holiday, as you understand. I'm going to have to, but, but to get out to see, <laughs> to see, uh, uh, to see Kevin be recognized for all that he's done at uh, Hanson Stadium at Taylor Field tonight. Uh, if I'm not able to, I'll be thinking of you and following you guys the rest of the way. want to take uh, thank you for taking time for being such a good man, teacher, coach, and educator, for loving my daughter and helping her, and so many that you've done so for over the years, Coach. Thanks for being on, and we hope you have a great time tonight at the ballpark. Mike, thanks a ton. The privilege is mine, I promise you. Thanks, Thank Eric. You. Eric Daisy coached Kevin Gregg, worked with Kevin Gregg, works with him now as an assistant, and Kevin's jersey will be uh, recognized tonight. 6.30, Hanson Stadium at Taylor Field. John and I will be back together tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today on the Joe Beaver Show. And great job, TJ, as always. Wonderful weekend. We'll reflect more on it tomorrow and hope to get Jacob Melton on. The request is in 1240 Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis and translator K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.